Hey, welcome to Inner Guidance Daily, episode number eight, Inner Beauty. I'm joined by celebrity makeup artist Stephanie Navarro, who shares with us that beauty is so much more than what we see on the outside, so much more than our physical form and our faces and how we can do them up. Inner beauty is recognizing someone's light. That's something Stephanie shared with us on this episode, which will live with me forever. I know this conversation will help you to see your own inner beauty. Enjoy. Daily, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you joining us from? Um, I'm in Bishop, California. It's a small mountain town about four and a half hours north of LA. It looks beautiful. You'll have to go, anybody listening, you'll have to go to her Instagram and see some of these pictures and stories. Like the mountain views are like beautiful pristine it's really it is we're lucky to be here do you have like neighbors or is it just you you but we're on like an acre or acre and a half okay so you can see our neighbors but um we all have so much land so we're all spaced out and there's only about 40 houses in this community oh that's so cool yeah are the stars just unbelievable at night insane you can see like galaxies (laughs) so cool it's super nice I'm going to have to tell you about this app. It is, the name escapes me right now, but maybe you already have it, but you can like literally like just tip the um, phone. Stargazer or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Have you done it? A long time ago, like when it first came out. Yeah, I'll have to play with it again. It's so cool. We do it here. We show Lily like, okay, there's the moon. There's Venus. Yeah, it's super Lainey. cool. Okay, well, thank you for joining uh, on to this podcast today. I'm so, 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 so happy you're here. I'm so thank you for asking me. I think it's yeah. super cool to reconnect. I know. Speaking of reconnect, okay, I wanted to tell people how we met. Yeah. And how long ago we met. <laughs> so we were just talking about before jumping on this call that, um, okay, so it's been... 30, no, it's been 16 years since 16 we last years. talked. Well, since we met. Okay, yeah. Yeah, maybe 15 or 14 since we've talked in person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so Stephanie and I met, uh, she was 15, I was 20, and I was in college at Columbia College Chicago, and... Um, I was the makeup and wardrobe girl for this college film. And the was he the producer or the director? Director, producer, writer. Everything. Slash everything. Yeah. <laughs> college. Patience, crafty. Right, right. Um, so the guy who was running the whole movie, what was the name of the movie? Pain is Love. Oh! <laughs> I remember everything. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I have such a crazy memory. <laughs> Pain is love. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> it was insane. Okay, so I was doing wardrobe and makeup, and he came to me, and he was like, I have this girl who really wants to be a makeup artist. <laughs> and I was like, cool, I'll meet her. I think I invited you over to my apartment, um, or I don't know how that got arranged and then I just remember like meeting you and and being like yeah let's work together like come and do makeup with me and wardrobe and hair 
Yeah. What do you remember about that? Um, I remember Ryan calling me up and asking me if I wanted to work on his movie. And it was the summer, I was bored. I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And what you don't know is that Ryan and I met and like we didn't date, but we like folded around. I'm always curious. <laughs> we met online. Oh, and really? I lied about my age and that was like a whole thing. So he didn't know how old I was. He like, didn't. Age, because he was in college and I was like 15 or like, yeah, I was young. I was a mess <laughs> and I'm very willful. Yeah. Anyway, so we had like lost some, some connection and then he called me up and was like, hey, do you want to work on my movie? Um, the girl whose assistant, uh, who was assisting in the makeup and hair department fell through. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, because I have like, yeah. and, um, and she needs help and you've always been like a creative person. Do you want to? Do you want to like come jam with us? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds awesome. And he's like, okay, you got to meet with her. And, um, you know, he probably said something like, you got to act like you want it. He was always like a good inspirational kind of coach guy. Yeah. You know, he always yeah. guided me. Yeah. And, um, so I met with you. I remember my mom dropped me off at your apartment <laughs> in Chicago, like on the North side. <laughs> and, um, you asked me some questions and, and you were, I remember you asking me something and you were like, so you just really want to do makeup. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I didn't really care about makeup. I was always creative and I was girly, but I wasn't like a makeup-y person actually until I met you. That yeah. like opened up my world. Yeah. Um, and I just loved, I remember you being like so kind and sweet to me and like, just so like non-judgmental and like just taking me in and like I remember being like well can I help you shop and and so I went to like you know shopping for you for the wardrobe department stuff mm -hmm. and um you were just like so cool not like controlling or not like you know um micromanaging at all it was just like a co-creation and like a fun time oh that's cool thank you yeah <laughs> um it was really because I think you finally I think you told me the truth like how old you were uh, because I remember like I remember feeling like very protective like she's young you know don't let anything happen to her in this experience um that would put her off her path or that would oh you know make her uncomfortable I was already um, on the wrong path this put me on the right path <laughs> did I really like going to this yeah. experience how so oh, completely changed my life meeting ryan completely changed my life like mm -hmm. i'm from the south side of chicago and like i grew up in the hood and like as an example of how bad it was my two best friends that i keep in touch with today they've both lost brothers and that's like the environment that we grew up in it was rough you know i didn't yeah. have attention or guidance or nurturing and so before I did that movie, I had gotten arrested and had like three felonies and a misdemeanor. And I was just like felonies. super grounded. My mom was like super protective. And all I wanted to do was be free. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had this opportunity and they were super supportive. And I just went in head first 
and um, just absorbed all of it. Like I absorbed you and your friend Rachel and like all the actors and Warren, the AD and like, yeah. and then all these personalities and like people from different races, like where I'm from, it was just like Mexican and black. And the mm -hmm. only white people I knew were like my dentist or my doctor. Yeah. And it just gave me so much insight to the world around me. And wow. everyone was so nice and encouraging. And you were like, oh, we got to get you a resume now. And like, yeah. I remember we met up a few times after the movie and you showed me how to do like a smoky eye and showed me how to do like bruises and stuff. Oh yeah, I remember and that. And you were just so supportive. And so was Ryan and like that community. And so that was like the start of like the rest of my life. I'm sure I would have found some other opportunity and who knows how life would have unfolded, but that was really like a huge, huge moment. And that's wild. So it's crazy that like you were there when my life completely shifted. And now yeah. we're talking again during quarantine. Yeah. All I'm doing is focusing all my energy and going in. And this is what you do. You go in, you lead people into meditations and you go in and, and like, here we are again. Like I'm in a huge shift right now. I'm in the beginning of like this whole new chapter of my life spiritually and who knows what will come of this. And um, I just think there's no accidents. I think it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I definitely am a firm believer there's no accidents for sure. Even like, I mean, I remember me meeting you in, I remember, you know, I, th I think I did know you were 15, 16. Maybe I thought you were 16. doesn't matter. But I remember like you had like this like spirit, like this heart, you know, that it, it's not always, even if you're coming from the South side of Chicago and you had felonies, by the way, I had been arrested too, you know, one time before. And um, like, you can still feel somebody's like spirit and heart. And I think everybody around us felt that too. You were just like a go-getter and like, and super, like, I'm going to go do something. So obviously that experience left a huge impact on you. And then I know because I've kept in touch with you, um, but you then went to LA to go pursue makeup. But even though that wasn't something you really wanted to do, what was it that led you that direction? So even today when like my clients are like, how did you get into makeup? I'm like, well, I worked on my first movie when I was 15 and I fell in love with film. I fell in love with like, doing this thing together, creating this thing together, climbing this mountain together. And then at the end of the two months, you guys are like family and you have all these memories and like it was hard and we cried and we bled and whatever. And like, I think that's the magical part is like yeah. creating. And makeup was just like the avenue. Makeup was just like the thing that got me to LA to do what I needed to do here, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's still that way. I feel like, doing makeup has allowed me to learn about myself, learn about other people. Um, but I just, I fell into it. I don't know. It could have, it could have been anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also you are really talented. So <laughs> thank you. I try really hard. I feel like I'm a trained monkey. Like you can oh. try really hard at anything and be really good at anything. No, not really. Like, I think so. <laughs> like, I would love to be like Aretha Franklin style singer. Like, oh, well, some things you can't try really hard at. No. To my point, you do have to have some natural ability. You know, you are very artistic. So don't discredit yourself that you're a trained monkey. Like, you are very talented. And even at 
you know, 20 years old with very limited experience, I even knew that, that you could pick something up and quickly go, you know, apply hair, makeup, wardrobe, you know, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you are very talented. Um, what was the first like big, bigger film commercial that you landed in LA when you first started that you were like, Whoa, how did I get here? Um, I feel like there was a few. Um, I think when I was 17 or 18, I was working with Wayne Brady, who's a comedian. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. But I remember one of my most legit jobs, I'm sure I was 18. It was with this big record label for this kid. His name was like Justin something. Um, Casper Smart was in the music video, the one who dated J-Lo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my day rate was like a thousand bucks. I'm like oh. 18. Um, I'm working with real, you know, people in the industry that, that work for movie stars and celebrities. And here I am just like this kid with like, I think my makeup kit was out of like a tackle box. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just remember like my biggest paycheck and like the biggest responsibility and like I crushed it and it was super fun. And I was just like more of this please. And then I hadn't had a job like that in like forever. They were all like spaced out, you yeah. know, few and far in between. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's huge. You know, when you're 18. It's huge. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> we have like these strange similarities in our lives. Um, especially with that like portion of being 17 to 18, 19. So I did the same thing, you know, went to LA and studied at a makeup school and then started, you know, practicing makeup in the industry also at 17 and 18 years old. Yeah. And I remember being very similar to, I had never had the celebrity status, uh, jobs like you're mentioning. Um, but I remember thinking very similar, like how the hell did I get here at 18 years old and getting a paycheck and like, so I just, uh, what was it about, like, what kept you going? Like, what was your internal dialogue like at that point in your life? I think um, Ryan was a huge inspiration. He showed me that, like, I mean, he did it. He moved to L.A. first, and then I followed. Right. And I saw that, you know, other people from the movie that we worked on were moving to L.A., so I had, I knew people that did it. So, you know, first of all, I saw it was possible. And I think when you're young, you, you think you're invincible. So I didn't think anything bad was going to happen to me. I wasn't thinking about anything negative. I wasn't thinking about failure. Everything was so new. I was just like trying to keep my head above water and survive. Yeah, so yeah. I wasn't thinking about anything negative. And I think that is a huge part of success is just like keeping your eye on the prize. And I just, I just wanted to be a makeup artist. I don't know. I wanted to be like you, you know, I wanted to like, key movies and um and have fun on set and like meet yeah. amazing people and and I am like a fighter and I am like I won't give up and yeah. and I just I didn't want to give up so even though things got tough I didn't want to I didn't want everybody to think I was a failure and move back to Chicago right so I just I did everything I could to to make to it thrive and then you know one year turned into 14 years. <laughs> so, right. So you've been in LA the whole time. You never moved back to Chicago. Never moved back. What do you like about LA? What keeps you there? Um, well, 
I, I go through phases of like loving LA and hating LA. Now I love LA. Like for okay. the last six years, I can consistently say I love LA. Um, but I think in the beginning, it was um, just the challenge of being a makeup artist. It really took a long time to get on my feet. I mean, I, I didn't really pay off loans and like, you know, start saving until I was like 25 or 26. And I had already been in LA for like eight years at that point. So, you know, it was tough to really get going. It's tough to like hone your skills and get the clients and to get a return on your investment. And, um, you know, now things are great. You know, now I have a life that I love that I've created. Um, but I just think I, I couldn't give up until, until I got to a place, until I really exhausted myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, and I'm glad I did because I could easily have quit and done something else and then didn't find something that I didn't like about that and then done something else. Totally. You know, I'm a, I like to stick with things. <laughs> yeah. I've always admired that about you because I was like, eh, makeup's not working for me. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people that, uh, that did that. And, um, I don't know, just there was something, something that told me to like, just stick it out. I think I met someone uh, early in my, in my career that said, um, you know, don't jump around. She was a super successful makeup artist. She worked for Indie Irie, Nelly, um, all these big um, African-American singers. Yeah. And um, Naomi Campbell, like she was like in that world. And she was a mentor of mine and she lived in LA. She lived in New York. She lived in Milan. She speaks Italian because she lived in Milan so long. Now she's, um, she was back in LA and now she's like on the East coast again. And she told me like, I've had to start my career over so many times, like just stay in LA. Wow. And I was like, okay. You know, like always took people's advice and I was like, okay, I gotta like see this through. Wow. And, you know, there's many times where I've fallen out of love with it and I'm like, I hate this. And like, I focus on the negative and I want to quit, but then I just look at it as a phase, you know, you can't love something, you know, on a 10 scale all the time. Right. Right. Right now. I don't even think about makeup. Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking about like the books I'm reading. So I don't know. You go through phases. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. So you also mentioned, I mean, a lot about, you know, something told you to stick with it, you know, outside of this person giving you advice. Um, what do you think that was? Like that was that your inner wisdom, the higher self, the a spirit guide, a guardian angel? Like what, what do you believe in terms of what kind of guides you internally? Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I guess I always knew I wanted a better life for myself. And I felt like this was the, the way I was going to get there. Um, you know, when I was in makeup school, I learned how well-paid makeup artists are, you know, they're paid almost as much as like the DPs. They're Mm -hmm. one of the highest paid crew on set. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, I started meeting people that were really successful, just doing hair in a salon or just doing makeup on set. And, um, I wanted to be like them. I just wanted to have a good life with freedom. I, no offense to my parents, I didn't want to be like my parents. I like didn't want to have kids young. I didn't want to be stuck. I didn't want to rely on anyone. So I think with all of that, I makeup was just the way that I got there. 
yeah. you know, and I saw successful people. So I used them as my role model and I was like, okay, people have done this. I can do it if I just stick with it, you know? Yeah. What would you today at 31 tell <laughs> Stephanie who had just had three felonies house arrest or well your mom like grounded you oh my god you know right before that movie started what would you tell her today oh my god I would tell her like you can have whatever you want um you you deserve the world you are enough mm. love yourself first trust yourself first um don't look for anybody for reassurance or love or confidence. It took me 10 years to learn that. <laughs> People are still learning. So. <laughs> I mean, there's so much I would tell little Stephanie um, that it's going to be okay to be nice to yourself. Yeah. To not be hard on yourself. I mean, that was a huge lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Were you just putting a lot of pressure on yourself? Oh my God. Yeah. Like up until, I think I just learned how to stop doing that. Really? How did you yeah. learn it? How, what did you do? Oh my God. I did so much. <laughs> it's journey. Um, I used to be a perfectionist and I used to what they call like hustle for love. So I used to identify all my self-worth with what I did. And that's another reason I tried so hard. And that's part of the reason why I'm successful is because I didn't feel like I was good enough. And once you reach a certain area, milestone and money or status or whatever, it's like, it's never enough. And you mm -hmm. feel like drained and like empty. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just stumbled upon books and I learned it was like an epiphany and I learned like holy shit I'm like all my self-worth comes from external things like what jobs I'm getting or how much money I'm making or how old am I and have I done these things yet have I checked these boxes right right and and I just learned that's all bullshit I mean now I now it's just based on my happiness how many days in a row can I be happy how many days in a row can I be grateful? Like it doesn't have to do, and the money will come, you know, like all the good things will come if I'm happy. So like, I've just, I've just, yeah, I've just realized a huge shift that um, none of that stuff matters, you know? I mean, that's a huge, huge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know, have you ever read the book, um, The Seat of the Soul? No. Okay, it's gonna blow your mind. Definitely pick it up. What's who's the author? Gary, I'll tell you right now. It's um, a part of it for sure. So it's like 25 years old, um, okay. but it's still all relevant. Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov. Okay, I'll, I'll send you a link. Yeah. Um, but he talks a lot, a lot about. Um, we have the, we grow up learning external power, right? That's how we get power by the career, by our relationships, how much we have, the material items, status, that's all exterior, right? And it's never enough because like, it's truly driven by your ego. It's satisfying this. Totally. Right. Um, I'm enough. I have this persona. And for people that crumbles in various ways or people just become 
enlightened, like you are reading books and uh, analyzing your life and saying, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense for me. What he talks about is that you are building basically awareness of the internal power that you have rather than allowing allowing and relying on external power. So now you're going, all right, I am in total control and power of my life because I'm happy Mm -hmm. and I'm putting my happiness before my career, before material possessions, before whatever else. Um, This book will blow your mind. Okay. No doubt about it. You'll be like sitting there like page, like what the? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm all about it. (laughs) Text me when you start reading it. I will. Um, so what were the books? Do you remember any books that you were reading that the first one or second one that you were like, okay, this stuff is really resonating with me and it's different. It's different than what I've been thinking about before. Yeah. Um, I read so many books. I kind of went through a quarter life crisis when I was 25 and or 24. And, uh, I read feeling is the secret by Neville Goddard. Okay. I've never read that. Yeah. It's such a short book. You could read it in a day, but it just, it kind of turned me on to like, you know, if you're feeling positive or negative, that's like how you get in touch with your inner guidance is like how you're feeling. Yeah. And I kind of forget, you know, I should read it again. It's been several years, but, um, I learned a lot from that book. Um, gifts of imperfection from Brene Brown was huge. I have that like on Kindle audio and like, because yeah. <laughs> I was such a perfectionist. Um, what did you have to give up in order to move away from being perfectionist? You know, what did you have to give up or reframe in your mind in order to move forward in a different path? Um, I think it was just learning that I was a perfectionist. There, I didn't know that there was anything wrong with what I was doing. I thought I was just a hard worker and I was very focused and driven. You know, I got respect for my community, my family, my partner. I didn't know that there was anything wrong with me until I was in therapy. And um, she said, I sense a bit of perfectionism. And I was like, no, no, I'm not a perfectionist. I, I could like eat something off the floor. Like, I'm not like, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a, it's good enough type of person. Like I'm not, I'm not wearing makeup and I'm a makeup artist. Like I'm not a perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's like, no, no, a perfectionist means like, and I forget how she put it, but like it basically, you're hustling for love, you know? And just shining light on what I was doing was enough for me to change. I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is what it is. And and then I, I listened to the book and that shine light on it. And, um, and then I was just aware from that point, like, am I doing this because I need approval? Am I doing this because I don't feel good enough? Why don't I feel good enough? And then that led me, you know, to other places. Yeah. But I think it's just, sometimes it's just like knowing, putting a name to it or, you know what I mean? Becoming aware for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you get really program to become aware of like all the things you're really good at like I'm good at you know hustling and getting a job and then you know all these things and accolades from my peers or whatever and then we kind of forget that maybe we've got a side of us that we don't necessarily um that we kind of hide right that we don't pay attention to so I think shining light and that's part of I think a lot of the spiritual journey or enlightenment or awareness becoming aware of yourself is really shining a light on some of the areas that um you keep hidden 
and that are darker or that you just really don't focus on because now you're taking all the pieces of you that are you and bringing them together so that you're totally aware of all the aspects of you. Um, yeah. And it's really, that distraction. What's that? it's really a distraction when you're like, um, you know, trying to make more money or get more status. It's really a distraction from who you really are. Totally. And it's like, it's like cheap happiness. Totally. You know, it's like yeah. It's not, it's not deep. It's not like true joy, you know? So what's bringing you true joy right now? <laughs> these days? Um, I, I, um, just a, being appreciative of everything around me and learning how I can control my life with my thoughts. Um, meditating and like, just knowing that like I can be happy in any situation um that feels truly like yummy and delicious and like that's that internal power it's insane like yeah. once you tap into it and like there's times where I'm not tapped into it and I'm like oh man I feel like shit and I don't even know why and then I I know what I need to do I know I need to like get quiet and if I can't get quiet at the very least distract myself with something funny like a movie yeah. you know what I mean like just turn off those thoughts yeah um and I you know it's such a strange time in history where we have time and I have space you know I'm I'm not working I have the space to like go deep and um I'm loving it it's, yeah. it's been huge hugely positive for me it is truly a gift and I love this idea that it's a global pause you know it's really the only time we will probably will ever experience something like this that where everybody is you have no distraction from your life and from who you are yeah oh yeah Even me with jobs and a kid at home and a husband and all the things I still am in the mornings and at night looking at my life you know questioning yeah. and and learning and and looking into it um, I don't know why I feel called to, to ask you this question, but what is your spirit or soul calling you to do now? Like, it doesn't have to be career-wise. It could just be, um, what is your inner guidance saying that you should really be focusing on right now? <sighs> That's tough because I feel like my brain is saying, how can I inspire others? Um, or maybe my brain is saying, how can I monetize on that? <laughs> but I do think like, I do think I want to inspire others. I think I've in one way or another been an inspiration, just even moving to LA or like, you know, we've climbed mountains in the Sierras. Like some people see that as inspirational. And, um, and I'm not afraid of trying anything new. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to like get my mind right. That's what I need to do right now. Like that's my work. And every day I'm focusing on that. Um, just learning to control my thoughts. Even now I'm doing this um, challenge. It's called uh, 21 days of not complaining. <laughs> and I'm wearing this little wristband. And every time you complain, you have to switch it to the other side. And that includes like, um, gossiping, sarcasm, and criticizing. Yeah. And it's so easy to complain. It's so easy to complain about like the internet's slow or like, 
the dog barking next door or like just little shit, you know? And you don't realize like how powerful your thoughts are. Totally. So I feel like that is my work right now is like to control my thoughts, to control my words. This is the time to do it. If I can't do it now where there's no variables of I'm not in traffic, I'm not meeting new people. I'm not even seeing my friends, you know, I'm alone most of the day. I don't really talk to people. Jared's working all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. If I can't do it now. <laughs> yeah. So I feel, I feel like that's my work is to just go in and learn to control those things. The things that I can control, you know, yeah. or maybe it's not so much about control, but just becoming aware. Yeah. We really like your thoughts aren't going to stop. Um, sure. You may have less negative thoughts or now become more and more aware of when your negative thoughts are coming and you can become aware and then know yeah. that, you know, you're not that thought and you can re repurpose your thoughts. How many days have you made it? <laughs> this is day three. Okay. Um, and it took me 10 days to even get to day one. <laughs> so like every day I was like, oh, was that a complaint? Or Jared be like, you better switch your bracelet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, you know, if I complain, you know, tomorrow, then I got to start over on day one. Right. So 21 days of consecutive, no complaining, which I think is going to be challenging once I start really mingling with people because people complain as a way to bond, you know, okay. like, oh, the weather is shitty or this elevator is slow or like, there's just, you know. You don't even think about what you're saying. You just say it because you're nervous and alone and you want to like bond with someone. So true. What an awesome exercise. And it's really, I mean, it's awesome that you're doing it now and that you're even becoming aware of how powerful your thoughts are and how they shape your life. Yeah. Okay, so we are running out of time, actually over time, but I still want to ask you some rapid fire questions. Sure. Okay. Ready? Yep. Okay. What is beauty to you? Beauty, beauty is everywhere. Like beauty in a person. Oh. Whatever comes to mind, use your intuition. <laughs> um, I think beauty is just like recognizing someone's light, someone's, um, someone's joy, someone's uh, inspiration. Um, beauty is like connecting with someone um, having a real conversation or a real moment. Um, I don't think of it at all as like, well, yeah, it can be superficial, you know, like pretty, you know, like a pretty landscape or something like that. Yeah. But, um, that's not the first thing that comes to mind at all. Awesome. Um, what book would you recommend people read right now? Um, well, the complaint free world. <laughs> <laughs> the book that I was that I've been rereading for like the fourth time. Um, I think it's so powerful, you know, in a time right now where we have no control and you can easily be unhappy by watching the news. Yeah. It's so cool to know that you can control your thoughts and change your focus and um, choose to be happy. Yeah. And it's a cool exercise. I love that. I love to choose yeah. to be happy. I think you yeah. really can choose to be happy. Oh yeah. Okay, last question for you. Okay. If you could put one belief in the minds of everybody out there, like just 
quickly it would download into their minds, what would that belief be? Um, I thought about this for a little bit. Um, I think knowing that you can, you can choose to change your vibration by appreciating something. Like you can always appreciate something like your pillow or your bed or your health. Or if you don't have your health anymore, you can appreciate, you know, the health that you did have or the experiences you did have when your life was good. You can always appreciate something. Hmm. Even if your life is total shit, you can think, put all your focus into the times when life was great and you can still draw that into your life. Um, that's, that's what I'm learning right now is like, so I don't know. I think that's super useful for anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's empowering to be able to know that you can change your vibration. You can change the energy of you. You can change your outlook on life by finding appreciation, not only for yourself, but the people around you, the world around you. I mean, we're hurling through space right now. Like you could just at least appreciate that. Like we're <laughs> in space. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Stephanie, thank you so much for being here and sharing all your wisdom, all your light. We're with you along the journey. Let us know how 21 days of now complaining <laughs> goes. And also let me know what you think of the book, um, Seat of the Soul. I think you will just be yeah. like, whoa. Thank I'll definitely you. check it out. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. I love what you're, you're doing. You're an inspiration. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode with Stephanie Navarro, celebrity makeup artist at On Inner Guidance Daily, episode number eight. I am having so much fun creating these podcasts, and I would love it if you would leave me a review. Let me know what you think. It helps to shape the podcast, and as I move forward, I can offer you more content and things that you're excited to have. If you want to stay connected to me, you can connect with me on Instagram at innerrebel.co, I-N-N-E-R, R-E-B-E-L dot co. If you want to stay connected to Stephanie, which I highly recommend, follow her on Instagram at beauty by Stephanie for all things beauty and at Stephanie Navarro, where she shares some of like her amazing cooking skills and running nutrition and tons of inspiration. As always, it's amazing to connect with you and I love to see what you think of these episodes so please feel free to tag me on instagram you can also always check out what i'm up to at innerrebel.co I, I hold virtual meditations workshops women's circles all kinds of fun stuff i'm always up to something so i'd love to see you there and i cannot wait to connect on the next episode of inner guidance daily <laughs>